Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 935, with Gino Wickman, author of Traction, The EOS Life, Rocket Fuel, Get a Grip, The Entrepreneurial Leap, and so much more. This is going to be a good one. Without failure, that somehow you have the right level of confidence and humility and eliminate those insecurities, you got to go get your ass kicked. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. Looking to make your life easier? Then Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, hit labor targets, and keep your entire team connected. With drag and drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, tip management, and more, it makes restaurant work a lot easier. In fact, I haven't come across a restaurant tour using Seven Shifts that hasn't been completely satisfied. Restaurant Unstoppable listeners get three months absolutely free get started at www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s h i f t s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months free and join over 30,000 restaurants using seven shifts today This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant System Pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants. Fred will teach you recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit. Profit, more butts and seats, and that's not it. If you are interested in this, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. Did you know 42% of restaurant guests will eat elsewhere if their calls are missed? What? That's crazy. That's why I recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering is powered by artificial intelligence to answer the most common and simple questions people call with, like, do you have outdoor seating and what are your hours? Within the Pop Menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and choose the voice your guests hear, plus create customized greetings. Here's your offer. Reclaim the power of your phone now with Pop Menu Answering. And for a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off their first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get your $100 off your first month and learn more about Pop Menu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, author of Traction, Get a Grip, Rocket Fuel, How to Be a Great Boss, Entrepreneurial Leap, 
the EOS life, and the 10 disciplines for managing and maximizing your energy, Gino Wickman. Gino, my man, are you feeling unstoppable today? I am feeling pretty damn good. Yeah, man. I'm feeling unstoppable today. I'm excited to be here. I admittedly have a, like... I'm I'm a little bit of a fanboy, yeah. you know. Like you were talking about Jim Collins earlier oh, today, yeah. and how yeah. you're a fan. You were oh, yeah. that to so many other people. Yeah, I appreciate. That. And I'm I'm super excited, and I appreciate you because in the four months I've been a practitioner of the EOS life, my life is already starting to change, man. Nice. And I'm so excited to bring your work to the masses in the restaurant industry because we'll get into it, but can't wait. It's gonna be good. Yeah, um, here, here. Let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. Yep. With a success quarter mantra, what do you got for us? Well, one of my favorites of all time, as I look back in the last 30 years, is that you get everything you want out of life if you help enough people get what they want. Dude, it's like you know me. <laughs> that quote was the reason why I started this podcast. I kid you not. Love it. I was listening to John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneur on Fire, which you reference as being a good resource mm-hmm. and i think in the the interview you did yeah one of the podcasts we recommend yeah 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 um and it was that idea like you know i i wanted to open a restaurant i wasn't in the place to open a restaurant but if i started helping other people who were in the position to open a restaurant mm-hmm. with my unique ability to get people to share knowledge and open up then i could accomplish anything in life. Here, here and and it's it's holding to be true Nice. And it's such a great way to get this nice, thing started. Nice, nice. Yeah. So I want to give the listeners a little bit more context um, why you're here today. Obviously, you're here because of the work you've done with EOS. And um, I think I first came across your book like two years ago, three years ago was the first time it was mentioned. I was like, oh, noted. And then it came up again, noted. And by the third or fourth time, I was like, it's time for me to read this book. And I, I got the books, admittedly didn't read them right away because life happens, mm-hmm. you know. And then I was in Iowa City, Iowa. Um, we had the, the guys from Big Grove Brewery on the show. Mm. Uh, Matt Swift and Ben. His last name is escaping me, Sam. Ben's last name. What Smart. Ben Smart. Thank you very much. Um, and the things they said, diving into their interview, asking, like, where were the, these transitional points for you? Mm. Like, when did you go from the third gear to fourth gear to fifth gear? And they were like, we started using EOS. Mm. And we started implementing the system. And they got, they got into the importance of communication and that hearing from them was all I needed to hear to mm. dive in. What's going through your mind up to this point? Well, I just like be still my heart. You know, my what goes through my mind is, you know, you, you share something like that. My mind goes back 22 years ago with my very first client, knowing I could help them, trying to create a system, and then killing myself for three years, writing a book in the hopes that I would hear somebody say what you just said someday in the future. So yeah. it's like it all, it's like just like a flashback. So be still my heart, brother. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, but you're here because the universe has brought me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking to people. Um, your work is helping people and I want it to help me. And I, I, I'm committing to the EOS life today. Uh, I want, I'm announcing it to the world that this is a path <laughs> that I'm just hooked on. And I, I reread your books on the way out here just to get familiar with yeah. your, your values and your philosophies. And it was exactly what I needed, dude. Mm. Like exactly what I needed in the perfect time. And I just got this moment of clarity. Mm. Um, and I'm excited to dive in. But um, where does it make sense? Like I, I know you want to focus on the 10 disciplines today. Yeah. But you are an inspiring story yourself. So just kind of help us understand what is your story? Like the high, like yeah. the, the, I know it's a long story, but yeah. like give us like the abbreviated yeah, version. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll give you we'll, – we'll, I'll give you the high level, and we can drill down on anything you'd like because I think it is important to understand the context. But I, I think where I would want to start is 
you know, again, everything you shared there, it's, you know, like I said, be still my heart uh, because what I am is, is I'm a guy that is just obsessed with helping entrepreneurs. And that's all I do. And that's all I think about from a business standpoint. Pretty balanced guy. But uh, when I'm working, that's my obsession. And uh, I know their pain. I know their strengths. I know their weaknesses. I know them inside and out. And, and so I just obsess about how do I make their lives better? How do I help them build amazing companies? How do I help them become the absolute best versions of themselves? And so where that came from, I don't know, but that is my dad. In other words, he was a visionary-driven entrepreneur. So it's probably probably has to have something to do with that. And so the lightning fast story is, you know, graduated high school barely with a solid 2.3 GPA, did not go to college. That was the last place on earth I was going after high school. So uh, I just went to work. I just wanted to make money and uh, went to work in a machine shop for four years, saved up a bunch of money, took my entrepreneur leap at 21 years old, tried a bunch of stuff, failed a bunch of times, ultimately found myself in the real estate industry selling real estate and did incredibly well for myself, making a six-figure income as a 23-year-old. From there, I then took over the family business. And so my dad had created a sales training program in the real estate industry that revolutionized how real estate agents were trained and built quite a nice little training company and empire in the industry, the largest in North America. I took that business over at 25, got involved in the business at 24, had the world's fastest corporate climb. When I got my arms around the business, realized that it was in a desperate need for a turnaround. It needed to be turned around. It was insolvent, but I felt I could save it. And so the long story short is my dad handed me the keys to the business and a $100,000 check and said, if you can save it, save it. So I'm curious. I want to kind of tap the brakes a little bit because I was always kind of confused by this point in, mm-hmm. in the journey because from all I could gather, your dad was a very successful business. Oh, yes. Um, but he was struggling. Things were going wrong. Yes. Knowing what you know about business today yeah. and having you seen these like legacy brands that are out there that have been around for years, but then they start to taper in a direction. What was going on within the family business? Yeah, so he, he's the classic entrepreneur that is an incredible visionary who knows how to make money. In other words, knows how to create an amazing product or service, bring it to the world, sell it, make a ton of money, but just terrible with money. And so the company was just burning cash. They just spent a lot of money. And so that was the biggest reason I was able to save it is getting into the financial side of the business and kind of whipping it into shape, You know, spinning off divisions that they started that made absolutely no sense. So he just was not money savvy, mm. but everything else was off the charts. He's yeah. just a money machine. So yeah. that was the beauty is he knew how to generate cash flow. So that was that was the biggest challenge. But then also the Gulf War was happening. It was the early 90s. So the industry changed. Uh, the real estate industry plummeted. So that didn't help. And then they also got a little bit cocky. So they had this explosive growth in the 80s. And they were the best of the best of the best. 50 trainers running around North America teaching this program. And I think that they're, you know, they got a little cocky. Yeah. And so with that, I also just kind of got them back to the core. We went back and won back a bunch of clients. So there was other things that needed to be done in addition to getting it out of some deep, ugly debt. But uh, 
but it was just a classic entrepreneurial story um, and a classic turnaround where they had a great run and then just had some hiccups. Yeah. In the aviation world, we call that getting fat, dumb, and happy at you know 40,000 feet when you're in route and you just get too comfortable yeah. and then you're not paying attention to what's the weather at the airport. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're on approach and yeah. there's and you know, icing. Yeah. And you're and like, what? <laughs> what was great about it though is at the core, this program that he created was incredible. You know, And so the quality of the product was so strong. You know, that certainly helps a turnaround when you're digging it out of all these other things. And so I got my Ph.D. in business and I was armed with two amazing mentors. My dad is this incredible visionary entrepreneur mentor. But what I learned from him is how to communicate, lead, manage, motivate people. He's the ultimate kind of inspirer and leader of people. Uh, but a communicator like you wouldn't believe. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame speaker in the National Speakers Association. Zig Ziglar was his mentor. I mean, this, this my dad is and, and was an incredible mentor. The second was a gentleman by the name of Sam Cup who built his companies to $250 million. He took me under his wing, and he taught me how to run a business. And so I was armed with these two amazing mentors at 25, 26 years old, turning around this business. So it was an amazing experience. What did your dad specifically teach you about communication? Get, pull back a layer on that. Whoa, man. So that you're, I mean, it, it, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, and again, we're just doing the fast version of my story and we're going pretty deep early. Uh, but uh, I'm going to try and put it in a nutshell. And I don't know that it's possible because, you know, when you look at what I created with EOS and you look at, for instance, core values, you know, so I learned that from him. He called them Floyd's philosophies. So Floyd Wickman is my dad's name. And and so, you know, built an empire on a team of people living by those philosophies. Well, those are core values. Um, um, you know, 10-year target, the ability to set a long-range goal. So just those two simple things. And again, I, I could go, I could give you a hundred things right now, but the, the core values, i.e. his philosophies, there's culture. The 10-year target, the, the larger-than-life goal that we're all working toward, that inspires people. Yes. There's two examples. And then the last example I would give you is, um, again, he's a Hall of Fame speaker in the National Speakers Association. And so as part of these trainers that we would bring on, we would he would teach them his speaking skills. And so it was called the Speaker Academy. And so I've gone through his Speaker Academy twice. Well, it's a science to being a great speaker. And, and it's, it was an incredible program. And so learning the science, the philosophy, the psychology behind a great speech, you know, I always talk about how that taught me how to speak to an audience, whether it was one or 1,000 you know, so, and I could keep going. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 the, and let's also he went Zig Ziglar was his mentor, so everything <laughs> Zig taught him, yeah. he taught me. Yeah, so and that's a loaded question. This is, this is a four, eight hour podcast. If we're going, you know, you have no idea how much I'm holding back right now because I I could go deep into this. Uh, I get and, it. And get there's, it. I mean, if we if we went through, you have how many books out now? Six. Eight books. So clearly, we can't dive into all of those course. lessons today. And I meant to mention—I meant to mention this early in the conversation. I mentioned the last book in your series of books is the Ten Disciplines: Managing and Maximizing Your Energy. That's going to be today's focus. But I just feel like there's our our mission here is again to inspire the industry, and here, I feel here. like your story even though you're not in the restaurant business is still very inspiring and there, you've learned so many great things. And um, I do have one more question about the books before we move away from the collection of books and start diving into the, the 10 disciplines. But in terms of communication um, 
and you've mentioned in the past that uh, the E Myth was a big influence for you. Oh yeah. But your dad was the visionary. That's what he was good at. Oh, and yes. and in being a visionary, you need to be able to communicate your vision and your purpose and what makes you what your core values are. And it sounds like your dad had clarity. His his it factor, his strength was that clarity on who we are and where we're going. And are you coming with me? Yes or no. Yeah, here, here. That's that's right on. And so the answer is yes to that. But but also, let me just go back and finish the whole story, right? So we're staying, and let's go back to high level because then I took over that family business, did the turnaround, took me three years, ran it for seven years. We decided it was time to sell the business. We successfully sold it. There were three of us that were one third partners. My dad and I, and we had a third partner. Uh, during that experience and with those wonderful mentors, I was a, a, a member of the EO organization, Entrepreneurs Organization, and of Dan Sullivan's Strategic Coach Program. And it's the combination of all of that is where I got my aha moment that I knew I could help entrepreneurs. And so once we sold the business, I stayed on for a year and a half to transition in the new leadership team, took my leap to go help entrepreneurs, helped one, helped another, helped another. It took me five years to ultimately create and put the finishing touches on EOS. That's when I wrote Traction, built EOS over 20 years. We now have 550 EOS implementers all over the world. I sold that business. But the last little piece on the whole story, just so that your audience has the context in this obsession about helping entrepreneurs, I have basically put five pieces of content out into the world, which is in those eight books that you talk about. And so just, again, really high level, and this puts the finishing touch on the story, The first is called Entrepreneurial Leap, and it's all about helping anyone out there who thinks they're an entrepreneur discover if they are. And if they are, it shows them a path to become successful, but it also shows shows you if you're not, please don't do it. I'm trying to save you 10 (laughs) years of hell. Then from there, we go to what you just talked about, and that's Rocket Fuel. The next piece of content is Rocket Fuel. That's the name of the book, and that's a concept helping that visionary entrepreneur that was my father find their perfect integrator counterpart, which is what I was. And so I created the visionary integrator concept in the family business. Yes, And we don't have to go into all that detail, but that's where that came from. And then I taught that to the world. And now that language has stuck in this entrepreneurial world. And so if you are a visionary driven entrepreneur out there, the whole idea is it helps you find your perfect integrator counterpart to grow to the next level. From there, then EOS, as we've talked about, that's the book Traction and several other books around that concept. But that EOS is an operating system to help that crazy entrepreneur get their arms around their business and run it like a Swiss watch. So you use EOS and Traction interchangeably I'm noticing to you is that kind of yes if I could go back in time uh, but <laughs> but EOS is EOS stands for the entrepreneurial operating system that's the system I created traction is the book that teaches you yeah. how to implement that system it teaches you that system got it got it so um, you're actually getting it like you this is the question I was gonna ask I because I've read I haven't read all of your books I have not read get a grip I have not read rocket uh, yeah rocket fuel but I did notice that like what your most recent book the entrepreneur or not the most recent I think the EOS life is your most recent uh, but uh, rocket fuel I'm sorry. The Entrepreneurial Leap is, in my opinion, probably the first book you should be listening to. If you're listening to this and you're thinking about opening a restaurant, that book, man, listening to that, I, I listened to it on the way out here and I was, I couldn't help but just sit there and shake my head, shake my head. And you said something that really hit a vein with me. Your job is to talk people out of becoming an entrepreneur. And I say that a lot on the yeah. show. My job is to talk people out of opening a restaurant. Yeah. But if it's if, if you're one of these people that you're shaking your head yes to the description that you get into uh, in the book of like art, this, this might mean you're an entrepreneur. But then you also get into here are the downsides of being an entrepreneur and like here are the negative attributes mm-hmm. of being an entrepreneur. And I was also shaking my head, yeah, on yeah. all those oh, yeah. things too. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's a must read if you're listening to this I, yeah and, and, and let me jump on that because again we're bouncing around a little bit and so i'm thinking about your audience i don't want to confuse them because what i'm trying to do is just give the big picture context in the story so they understand and then we can go drill down on any one of those okay. things that you want because again just to finish the story so that was eos and traction the fourth piece of content is called eos life and that's ultimately helping that entrepreneur you know once they've read and understood the content and implemented the content we've talked about, this then helps them live their ideal life, which we call the EOS life. And then the fifth and final piece of content is the 10 disciplines for managing and maximizing your energy, where the first four pieces of content is all about helping the entrepreneur master their outer world, become very successful in the outer world. The 10 disciplines is where we start to go on to the inside and we help them master the inner world. And so that's the high level. And then the last piece is, you know, I sold EOS Worldwide, the organization that I built with my amazing partner, Don Tinney. Uh, We sold that about four years ago and that freed me up to then pursue these next few projects. And so I created all that content in a different order than I just explained it. But if you look at that, it's helping to take that entrepreneur from their inception, the I think about the 23-year-old that is a an entrepreneur in the making. They don't know it. They're mislabeled. They're a derelict, at least by the outer world's appearance or opinion. And it takes them on a journey to discover if they are, become an entrepreneur, all the way to ultimately living what we call your optimal life. And so that's kind of the big picture. And those are all the things that I've created and I'm working on. And that's the story. Um we have 150,000 companies all over the world using those tools, running on that system. And so now we can go into whatever you'd like to go in. And so back to Entrepreneur Leap, if you want to touch on that, I would love to because for your audience, knowing your audience the way I do, there are a couple pieces of advice I'd love to give. Yeah, man, dive deeper dive, for sure. And I mean, one thing I wanted to get out, um, I mean, I, I identify so much with the entrepreneur I identify a lot with what your dad has to do. I'm horrible in what Simon Sinek would say. I think he calls it the dirt, right? Or is it Gary Vaynerchuk that says the, no, he, yeah. Simon Sinek says why guy versus a how guy. Gary Vaynerchuk says dirt versus the clouds. Gotcha. And I live in the clouds, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm like 100% a why guy. Mm-hmm. So this resonates with me. And, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of those people too. Um, so, I mean, what is your advice for, what is, what is the, if you're one of these visionaries, one of these why guys, one of these people who's good in the clouds, who's dreaming constantly, what is the one singular best piece of advice that person can do if they want to be successful? Yeah. So I, I would say two things, you know, first of all, what I'm teaching in that book, it's called entrepreneur leap is that in the clouds guy, as you're describing it, you know, which I just, I simply call that an entrepreneur in the making. And the term that I use is visionary. Again, for that person who is an entrepreneur, they're driven, they're visionary. I just call it visionary just so the terminology is clear as we continue on our journey with this podcast. The first step is to make sure they have the genetic encoding, okay? Because just having your head in the clouds does not make you an entrepreneur. So there are six essential traits. And again, I know we're not going to go deep into this content and we don't have time to, but if you're visionary, passionate, a problem solver, driven, a risk taker, and responsible, so if you go to e-leap.com, you can take an assessment. 
score 90 or higher, that's going to tell you if you're truly an entrepreneur in the making because some head in the clouds people don't have all the traits that you're born with to be an entrepreneur. And maybe they're better marketers or they're better salespeople or something like that. So that's the first point I want to make because you know we're talking to restaurateurs or potential restaurateurs. And a, and a true restaurateur that builds a great restaurant and empire is an entrepreneur. They're a visionary. They have these traits. And so for someone who has their head in the clouds, I'm going to keep using your terminology, wants to go into the real estate industry but doesn't have those six essential traits, I beg you to stop. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to save you 10 years of hell. And then the last little point is what the book does is first confirms that you have what it takes. Once you do, the second part of the book is to show you a glimpse of the life and all of your options. And then the third thing, it shows you a path yeah. for how to be successful. I wrote that book as much to stop people from trying to take the entrepreneur leap as much as to help them become successful because not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur, i.e. visionary, and, and the world is being sold a bill of goods that that's like the only destination in life. You know, Everybody mm. wants to be an entrepreneur, and it's just not all it's cracked up to be. But for those of us that have this crazy wiring, there's, it's, it's the only option for us. It's heaven. So you... you List a lot of examples of things that you need to be an entrepreneur. We're not going to get into all those. Mm -hmm. But if there's one characteristic mm -hmm. that is lacking, that mm -hmm. you think is the most crucial characteristic, what is that? There isn't one. you, you got to have all six. And, yeah. and, and I'll debate this to my dad. I've done 150 podcasts on this subject. And I'm not doing any more. But, uh, <laughs> but, but what the book is teaching is you must, 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 must have six essential traits. And I've been asked a million times, what if you don't have this one? You've got to have all six. Go take the assessment. But it's visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, responsible. And if you don't have one of those and you are born with them, do not take your leap. Doesn't mean you can't be a one-person show. You know, doesn't mean you can't be an influencer. Doesn't mean you mean you can't go become a handyman or handy woman making sixty bucks an hour, making a hundred grand a year. We're talking about true visionaries, entrepreneurs that build organizations with people. Yeah. Uh, one more question about your your prior work before we start diving into the yeah. the, the ten disciplines. Uh, in terms of the EOS life and mm -hmm. the, the entrepreneurial operating system. The first time I read that, I was like, and knowing how much, how hard it is to change, it's almost overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's almost like this is a lot of things to start doing today. What is your advice for that person that picks up the book and is like, I'm not willing to make this amount of change today? Where, mm -hmm. where's the best, what's the best first thing to do? Yeah. So the way I describe it is I call it moving the needle. Okay. Because there isn't a one best thing. It's just picking one thing. Yeah. So let me create a little context in this answer because it's so important because for someone to just run out and grab the EOS life, and the EOS life is its five points. It's doing what you love, with people you love, making a huge impact, getting compensated appropriately, and having time for other passions. And so for you know someone who just launched their business yesterday and maybe has one employee to, to jump into living the EOS life, I would urge you to put the brakes on, and I would urge you to make sure you read Entrepreneur Leap first. Make sure you read Rocket Fuel and understand the visionary concept. These are the things that are going to be the highest gain, most impact for the business you're about to build. Then read EOS, implement those tools. 
So it's, it's, it's in a sequential order because then when you do those things and you implement the EOS life and these points of the EOS life, i.e. ideal life, it's like pouring gas on fire. In other words, it is literally going to magnify faster as opposed to just starting ice cold. Now, all that said, you could do it. But I'm just trying to show you the most impactful way to live your EOS life. Yeah. But let's pretend somebody picks it up and says, how do I live this? Because I want to live my ideal life. And it is an incredible life when you're living those five points. And I show you exactly how to do it in the book, EOS Life. So what I talk about is moving the needle to answer your question. And you just simply pick out of those five points. I give you a ton of tools, a ton of exercises, and a way of measuring how you're progressing toward it. You just simply pick one. And, And so an example is, you know, let's pretend, again, five points. Doing what you love with people you love. The second point is with people you love. Okay? And so you can move the needle in the next 90 days on with people you love. Yeah. And so what I teach in the book is it starts with your business, okay? So again, we're, we're helping entrepreneurs here, visionaries. And so it starts with your business. And if you have a 50-person company, you need to love all 50 of those people. And the way that you love all 50 of those people is to make sure they all have your core values, mm-hmm. okay? And so if they all have your core values, they're all the right people in the right seats. You just love being around each other. You love working together. You operate the same way. Step one is to make sure that's the case. And let's pretend you have 50 and eh, 10 of them you don't love so much. You know, for some reason, they just don't have the core values. They don't fit in your culture. It doesn't make them bad, you bad. Nobody's right or wrong in that scenario. But if you want to build an amazing company that endures for decades, you got to get all the right people in the right seats. Right people means core values. So now watch this. That's the company and the 50 people. Now let's expand the circle. So now let's go to all of your vendors and your partners and your customers do they all align with your core values and do you love being around them? And again, I'm the walking example of everything I teach. So every client I work with, I love them. Mm-hmm. I wake up giddy every morning when I have a session with my clients because we align. So let's expand the circle even more. Let's go to your friends and family. Do you love being around all of them? And so move the needle says in the next 90 days, who do you love being around and who don't? And look at any one of those circles in the business, the people that touch your business or your friends and family. And you scheduled an, an appointment, a meeting, a get together and be it an employee, a vendor, a friend, a family member next week. And you're about to sit there for an hour having coffee. Are you going to walk away from that meeting feeling energized and uplifted or drained? Mm. And if it's one of those any energy drainers, Cancel that effing appointment right here and now. You just move the needle one step closer to living your ideal life because you're around more people that you love being around. Yeah. I'm going to throw you a curveball real quick, Gino, because I know there's people listening to this right now going, does Gino know how hard it is in the restaurant industry to find people right now? (laughs) Uh, And I know people must be thinking to themselves, I wish I could select people that I work with that I love. But right now, I just need somebody to you know, put money in the drawer. Uh, I would say to all of you, do you know how hard it is to find people in any industry right now? So I know we're going to get in a fist fight over my industry is tougher than your. It's tough in every industry. Okay. And I, listen, I'm living this real time. Okay. Um, 
you know, I built a company with my partner, Don Tenney. I was the visionary. He was the integrator. It now has over 600 people in it. I get it. Okay, I get it. And I have tons of clients. And I have tons of clients that don't have hiring problems. It's challenging in their industry too. So all I would suggest to you, again, moving the needle. So I'm going to try and avoid the fist fight. But if we need to have the fist fight, let's have it. I know how hard it is. And I also, you know, I'm not ignorant to you just survived a pandemic you know, half the people left your industry for other jobs and now you're trying to figure out how to pull them back. I so, 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 so get that. But in any crisis, in any recession, in any depression, in any pandemic, when the pie shrinks, you just got to get your bigger piece of the pie. And I will tell you, my clients, myself, we're all getting a bigger piece of the pie. And so what that means is your core values have to be crystal clear for your organization. Your organization needs to run like a Swiss watch. You need to pay your people well. You need to be attractive to people. With all due love and respect to 90% of you restaurant owners out there, you ain't attractive. You're, you're a dime a dozen. Yeah. I could choose from 100 of you to go work for. Yeah. But then there's the 10%. Like we have a restaurant in our, and I live in a small town. I'm not going to say any names, but, uh, but a, an amazing restaurateur. This guy is a badass. He's got the pe- best people working there. The place is crowded every night. Come on. And then there's the restaurant down the street, one block away, six buildings down, can barely stay afloat. Same city, yeah. same industry, same everything with all due love and respect. And I can tell you that about the insurance industry and the technology. So if you want to have a fist fight, <laughs> I love a good fight. Bring I will it say on, there, there's two things that I pulled um, where, you know, where I started, where I felt like I could start. One thing that I did after reading your books is it helped me reconnect with my core focus and my unique ability. You're here, brother. Uh, and, and it really helped me get clarity on this is what I should be doing. And for me, that is traveling, talk, and being on-site, long-format, intimate conversations, and getting people to get vulnerable and open up and share. I, I seem to be really good at that, mm-hmm. and I want to put all my energy into that. Mm-hmm. And you helped me reconnect with that and not be distracted by other shiny objects. And the second thing I did was started doing weekly meetings and I used your format. And one of my challenges, while I'm good at communicating in person, I'm not good at keeping the communication going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that those two things right there, if I do nothing else from the EOS world, I think I'll be yeah. in a better place. What yeah, are your thoughts? And, yeah, I'm sitting here pondering, you know, because I want I'm, I want to grab both of those things. And I and I, my style is to always come back to context just so everybody's tracking with us. So Right now, we're talking about EOS stuff, okay? So I want to do my best to kind of anchor where we are in these five pieces of content I've created. Again, an EOS is an operating system that you implement in your business to help you run a better business and, again, make you attractive to all those potential employees out there. Because, again, if you need 50, you only need 50. There's like 3 million people in your city if you're in a big city. So it would, again, take us eight hours to go into all 20 tools that are in EOS that you implement into your business. And you're speaking to two of them. And so I want to anchor them really well because I, 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 I'm a teacher at heart. So I want to make sure your audience is left with something. So you use the term core focus. So core values and core focus are two very powerful tools. They're encompassed in a planning tool we call the Vision Traction Organizer. And it's a way for a company to capture its vision. There's ultimately eight sections in that tool, and you're talking about the first two. And the reason I want to go there is, first, you've got to discover your core values. That's going to help you build a culture. Then you've got to discover your core focus, which is what you're talking about and was transformative once you did. Same thing for a restaurant. Once a restaurant discovers its core focus, 
And that is basically what you're passionate about and where you excel, what you're genetically encoded to do, your true niche. When your core values and your core focus is clear, those are the headiest, most intangible aspects of EOS. But when they're clear and you, your integrator, your leadership team are clear on those things, that is the soul of a company. And so the point is, if you're clear on your core values and your core focus, your company's soul is clear and that soul is going to emanate out to the world and you are going to attract people that align with that. But just as quickly, and now I'm talking to the 95% of you out there, you don't have core values or they're murky or you do a really shitty job perpetuating them and you don't know your core focus or it's unclear or you've done a really shitty job perpetuating it. So when that is the case, your company is soulless. And if your company has no soul, nobody wants to work there. And the only ones that are working in a soulless company is they're just biding their time. They're just hanging on. They're working there for a paycheck. Holy shit, that's no fun. Yeah. So that's point one. Point two is then you're talking about another tool in the 20 tools in the toolbox of EOS, and it's called a level 10 meeting. Go to YouTube, how to have an effective meeting, maybe put my name in there as well, and it's a seven-minute video that will show you how to do this meeting that you're so excited about, Eric. It's called the level 10. Very powerful. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. Watch the video again, but it's a 90-minute weekly meeting you do with your leadership team, and it's bulletproof, man. It is so powerful, and we again, 140,000 companies are using that meeting. I honed and refined it over a five-year period. Um, anyways, it's a pretty powerful meeting, powerful tool. Yeah. Uh, and, it, I mean, just those two things alone right there, I want to pull those to the surface because those are the two that have truly, I feel like, impacted me. And I know you say that it's a journey. And I think that's one thing for people. I want people to understand this. Like, you might be overwhelmed. It might be intimidating. Um, but it's a journey and just start. And to start where you can is something that I like to echo. And even if it's just one or two elements – you know, start where you think, uh, and I don't know if this is good advice or bad. Start where you think it makes the most sense for you. And yeah, and I, it's it's the move the needle thing. So read traction, and traction is going to teach you that entire EOS system. Yeah, pick one tool, and, and that's the beauty. Just pick one. Yep, and and then you'll see. I take those twenty tools and I summarize them into five foundational tools, which are the highest gain five tools that you'll get eighty percent of the results. Pick one of those five. Yeah. So and, so absolutely. I'm just, all for it. I just want to echo one more thing. We're going to take a break to thank our sponsors. But this idea, I always say it, and a lot of people fight me tooth and nail with this. I don't think you can be competitive in the restaurant industry alone anymore. Uh, whether or not you need a, a partner that has equity or percentage in the business is another question. But you need to know what lane you belong in. And if and you need to, st- I believe you need to stay in that lane. And, and I think if you are a visionary, if you're listening to this, and that's the role you fit. You will not make it without somebody who's good in the dirt. You need an implementer. Yeah, well, and, and we call that integrator. That's that counterpart. Sorry, integrator. Yeah, and then the next step is an implementer, which we can talk about that too. And we probably should do it before the commercial break if Let's you're okay it. with that. And then I promise we're going to go to the yeah, yeah. Just to put a, just to put a tidy bow on the yeah. whole EOS thing because you know I talk about the 140,000, 150,000. It's is the new number now, um, or the latest number. Um, these are all companies that are self-implementing. They've read traction, you know, spent 15 or 20 bucks on a book, implemented this in their business. So you can do it for in a very inexpensive way and self-implement. But if you want help, if you want an expert helping you, we EOS implementers have taken 15,000 companies through the process. And so if you want somebody to help you engage an implementer, a professional or certified EOS implementer that's going to take you through that process. So EOSWorldwide.com is the website to find that. But in everything that we're talking about, if you just simply go to GinoWickman.com, 
That's the epicenter of all things that I've created, and that will direct you to the appropriate content you're looking for since we're bouncing around on so much content. But yeah, to that point, if you need help getting these tools implemented in your business, just engage an EOS implementer to come outsider to come in and help yeah. you who's an expert on it. More on that in the closing thoughts because I'm going to try to connect with one myself and uh, no promises yet, but I would love to work with somebody to, to help, somebody who specializes with traction uh, or the EOS life in the restaurant industry specifically. That would yeah. be really amazing. But um, now is a great time to take a break to think of the sponsor. We'll be right back to start unpackaging these 10 disciplines. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. As host of Restaurant Unstoppable, I chat with a lot of restaurateurs. One thing a lot of them have in common, they use Seven Shifts. In fact, every restaurateur using Seven Shifts that I've come across has great things to say about them. With over 700,000 restaurant pros and counting using it today, they're clearly onto something. So what are you waiting for? Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, hit labor costs, and keep your entire team connected with drag and drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, labor compliance, tip management, and more. It makes restaurant work a lot easier. And I bet Every member of your team will get value from it. Whether you're a franchise owner or a chief technology officer, a manager working in front of house or back of house, plus it integrates with other restaurant tech systems you already use like your POS, payroll, and more. That is powerful. As a restaurant unstoppable listener, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months free and join over 30,000 restaurants using seven shifts today. All right, we are back, and obviously the the core of today's conversation going forward, our focus is going to be on these ten disciplines. So again, echo, uh, you mentioned before like why you wrote the ten disciplines, but bring us back to that idea. We'll, we'll start unpackaging. Yeah, so you know, again, going back to that big picture content context, I created five pieces of content, and when you look at the first four, entrepreneurial leap, rocket fuel, EOS, EOS life, they are all about helping. An entrepreneur, this visionary driven entrepreneur, succeed in their outer world by every imaginable measure, by implementing that content and those tools, you will be an incredibly successful entrepreneur. Again, living your ideal life, making a ton of money, having a great business. Again, whatever that means to you, everybody gets to fill in that blank. So that's the outer world. Now we get to this fifth piece of content, which I call 10 Disciplines for Managing and Maximizing Your Energy. Now we're going to go to the inside. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go to the inner world. Okay, mm -hmm. And this, I have no idea how many visionaries are going to join us on this next journey because I'm not sure how many are ready for this. And everything I teach, I, I'm a fanatic about never teaching theory. So these are all things that I've experienced. Um, but the 10 disciplines are all about going inside. Yeah. And, and so to give you a little bit of context on what I mean by that is, you know, with the 10 disciplines, we don't necessarily need to go into each and every one in great depth, but I'm going to follow your lead and go wherever you want to go. But the 10 disciplines 
when implemented in a visionary entrepreneur's life, is going to magnify their energy greatly. Mm. So now let's picture, you know, you've succeeded in the outer world. You're living your ideal life. Things are pretty damn good. Now all of a sudden we're going to magnify your energy as an individual. But also what it's going to do is it's going to create a foundation, a platform to create space for you. An opening for you. And that space gives you the opportunity to start to really look inside. And sometimes you're not going to like what you see on the inside. Yeah. But man, when you fix the inside, holy cow, is the outside literally 10 times better. And this is huge for restaurateurs. I always say, you you know, behind every great restaurant's a great person. Mm -hmm. And if you're struggling becoming a great restaurateur, the journey doesn't start with working on your restaurant. It starts with working on you. Mm -hmm. And another big thing that you just mentioned is the energy that you get out of this. And what our job, I mean, we uh, what we are is what we attract. Mm-hmm. If you're burnt out, if you're negative and tired, that's what you're going to attract. You and you, you need to be mindful of the energy you're putting out there because that's what you're going to attract. And, and it's just so, so, so important. Um, so, uh, I mean, on that note, do you want to get right into the, the, the first thing? Yeah, so here, here's how I love doing this, if, if you'll allow me, is I, I love sharing them at a high level mm-hmm. so that your audience knows the 10. Yeah. So they've got a high level. And then let's, you know your industry. Let's drill down on as many as you'd like, but sometimes we'll like hit three that really appeal to you. And then let's see where we are time-wise mm-hmm. because there is one particular place. It's, it's the third discipline that I love to go really deep on because that's going to have the most impact for your audience. But with saying that, let me just give you the 10 high level mm-hmm. and then let's, and I want to set them up and then you tell me which one appeals yeah. to you and where you'd like to go. Hit and us. We'll see if we can get through all yeah. of them. But, but here are the 10. 10 disciplines for managing and maximizing your energy. Number one, 10 your thinking. Number two, take time off. Number three, know thyself. Number four, be still. Number five, know your 100%. Number six, say no, often. Number seven, don't do $25 an hour work if you want to make six figures. Number eight, prepare every night. Number nine, put everything in one place. And number 10, be humble. And so before we go in, this, the setup to this is so important because these 10 disciplines are for a racehorse, okay? And what I mean by that is these 10 disciplines are for a visionary entrepreneur who's driven, who has the basics down. And the basics means that you are successful already. You have work ethic. You are balanced from a standpoint of you eat right, you sleep well, you take care of yourself, you exercise. You have the basics. If you don't have the basics down, I would caution you to go here just yet and go see the previous four pieces of content. And when I say a racehorse, what what I'm doing is I'm helping these male and female driven visionary entrepreneurs harness their energy and run faster and win every race and so that's it's so important to understand that context of the person we're talking to because we can do damage if you don't have the basics down and you're sitting there going why am i not getting more energy i i go to mcdonald's you know three times a day but i'm 
you know, doing discipline for every single day. In other words, you got to have the basics down. You got to be a racehorse. That's a great preface. And uh, I mean, I think we, honestly, I feel like we could talk about all these things, but I do, there's some I think we could drill real deep down, maybe with a couple other ones, just kind of like, what like what do you mean by like 100%? You know yeah, what I mean? But like, we'll just go in, in order. But I think the first one, 10-year thinking, is something that warrants kind of hovering over for a little bit because in my mind that 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 has 10x yeah impact on the way you start living oh. differently tomorrow so what do you why, mean by that it's like, also why it's first yeah um so here's what i would suggest you watch the clock and i'll let you be the kind of the gatekeeper on time because i would love to teach all 10 because i'm a teacher okay and what's important to know is while this content is in the book I wrote, EOS Life, and you need to obviously buy that book to get to the content in there, it is also a free ebook. So everything I'm about to say is available for free. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the10disciplines.com, you can download this free ebook. So it's all there for you. There's nothing you need to buy. So with that said, um, I'd love to get to all of them, but I just need you to be the gatekeeper. And just know on number three, I want to go a little bit deeper because that, that, that's it. the fun one. For sure. So, so the first one is 10-year thinking, and you are spot on, and there's a reason that it's first. And so the, the discovery here and where this came from in terms of all of the content is I was doing a – I was scheduled to do a talk, and I'm just trying to think about the timeline now. Time flies so fast. Three years ago, two years ago. And I, and I needed to do a new talk because this was for the EOS world. We do an annual conference every year, a couple thousand people. And um, it was time for me to deliver a new talk. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. What I decided to do is get really vulnerable. And I just sat down and I said, you know what? I'm going to share 10 disciplines that I live by and I've lived by for over 20 years of my life that has had a huge impact. And I can't tell you how many times people speak to, wow, your energy is so high. So I decided to just teach. Here's why my energy is high. Here's why I'm effective. And so with saying that, 10-year thinking, I discovered this when I was about 35 years old. And up until then, like most visionaries out there, we want everything now, now, now. We, We literally are just, we're thinking about today, this week, this month, rarely next quarter or next year. It's all about now and we want it now. And so when I learned this, and all of a sudden slowed myself down and started thinking in 10-year time frames. All of a sudden when I did that, time literally slowed down. There was a peace and a calm that came over me. I started making better decisions, and I literally got there faster. And so there's a great quote in business that says, people overestimate what they can get done in a year, but they greatly underestimate what they can get done in 10 years. And so my mission here with this discipline is to get the world, visionaries, to start to think in 10-year timeframes. I'm not talking about setting 10-year goals. I'm talking about 10-year thinking, Mm -hmm. that every thought that goes through you is a 10-year thought. So literally, the decision you're about to make today in your business, you're thinking the effect it will have in 10 years. The thing you're about to put in your mouth, you're thinking about the effect it will have on your body 10 years from now. And so it's every decision you make every day, all day, right here and now, you're thinking about in a 10-year time frame. Again, you will make better decisions. You'll get there faster. A peace and a calm will come over you. It's incredibly powerful. And we're talking about energy management and maximization here. Your energy will go through the roof. Yeah. And in my mind, as a visionary, this is really important too, because if you, it's not just for you, correct me if I'm wrong, it's for everyone. It, once you figure out your 10 tenure, your tenure thinking, it's, it's shared, right? Well, here's what I would suggest on that that is utopia. 
that is ideal. But right now, I just want that visionary to have the wake-up call and start thinking in 10-year timeframes. And the impact it will have on them, I would hope that they will then teach it to the world and share it to the world. But I wouldn't get caught up in, you know, because now you jumped back two sets of content to EOS. <laughs> we make every yeah. client set a 10-year target. Yeah. That's goal setting. Yeah. That's BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. That A company has to have a larger-than-life overriding goal. That is not at all yeah. what we're talking about but here. The core of what I what I what resonates with me with 10-year thinking is that it, it, it makes you indistractable. It, you can yeah. instantly... Oh, that's so well said. So that's perfectly said. It, it makes it so you know where you're going and it helps mm-hmm. jump and we're jumping ahead here. Mm-hmm. It helps you say no easier. I should not have grabbed a sip on that. <laughs> so because I got a little excited and I almost poured it on myself. Uh, yes. And, and you know what it made me think of because it's so great and indistractable. I, I absolutely love that because you know, I talk about that thing you're going to put in your mouth, that business decision you're going to make. Well, again, 10 year thinking, let's pretend in 10 years you would like to be in a happy marriage, have lots of friends around you, your kids to love you if you have a family. Well, today, what are you doing today to make sure that's going to happen? Because, you know, if you're doing something that hurts a relationship today, that's not going to. So, so yeah. you are like it's hyper focus. Yes, it's yeah. a filter. It's powerful, yeah, super it's awesome. powerful stuff. And I don't know if you, if you want to jump ahead to number six or stay in order, but um, that I'm just a little teaser. I, I hear we don't need to dive into this, but it's a yeah. little teaser. I hear all the time on the show, people say like, say yes to everything. And I want to push back, but I recognize in the moment, it's not my job to push back. I'm there to learn from them and get their perspective. But that's just a little teaser. We'll, we'll save that for when we, yeah, that's up to you. And this is where, you know, when I do these, sometimes we just hit three and we bounce around. Yeah. That's why I like to give the 10 at a high level. And hopefully your audience wrote them down. So they know we were, where we are. I'll restate it. But if you're feeling compelled to jump, let's to go six, there. Then. Let's trust let's your energy yeah, and yeah, yeah. where your energy is taking us so number six is say no often and uh, yes there is plenty of teaching out there that says say yes to everything that is not a visionary's problem okay a visionary who is any good six essential traits see entrepreneurial leap content you have so many opportunities ideas coming at you you have to become a master of filtering and saying no so Watch this. You have the first five disciplines in place and you're living by them. So you're 10 year thinking, you know thyself, you, you're taking time off, you know you're 100%, you're being still. All of a sudden with those disciplines in place, what to say no to is so obvious. Yeah. And to your point, what was the word you used? Indistractable? I, I already I lost. I think that yeah, in, but, indistractable. Yeah. Yeah. So you're as much of a visionary. So we'll try and remember what we said five minutes ago. But the <laughs> point is you are indistractable. When your 10-year thinking is clear, you know exactly what to say no to. Gets to that point about this appointment you have next week. Why in the hell would you go spend an hour with that person? There is absolutely no value in terms of your 10-year thinking. So what what you need to say no to becomes abundantly clear. It's as clear as, you know, eat dirt. Here, eat that dirt. Obviously, you immediately know know to say no to that. You will be that clear with the first five disciplines in place. And then just a couple little nuggets on saying no. Another great quote, one of my favorite quotes, Warren Buffett. The difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. And so this is my point about the more successful you become 
as an entrepreneur and your business grows, you've got to get better at saying no because yeah. there's so many opportunities coming at you. And then a great Jim Collins quote, it's, he's quoting a business owner. I can't remember which business owner said it, but it's in business, you're li- more likely to die. As you become successful, you're more likely to die of indigestion of too many opportunities than from starvation of not enough. When you're any good, it's all about fending off. And then just a, I, I struggle with whether I should say this because it might confuse people, but you know, for 35 years as an entrepreneur, I've become masterful at saying no. I like, I love saying no to well, people. Thank you for saying yes to I, us. By I, the way. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And I say no to most podcasts. So I'm, I'm thrilled that. to be here. Love what you guys do. But I love saying no. I mean, I literally, I get a high from it. I'm at a point in my life right now with what I'm doing with these 10 disciplines. For a very short period of time, I decided I'm saying yes to everything, which is one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast, by the way. And my business partner, Rob Dubay, I promised him I'm going to say yes to everything for a short period of time because I want to play around with this. But please know that for 35 years, I've said no and and you know I've been pretty successful. Yeah. Last thing I want to say about this thing about saying no, I get giddy. 98% of the world and visionaries don't get giddy. It's terrifying. It's the, It causes anxiety. And so in McCowan's book, Essentialism, he shares a great quote in there about with most human beings, the thought of saying no, or when they're asked something and their ability to say no, they literally feel anxiety. They literally get, get there's the Something comes over their body and it yeah. drains their energy, and they're just they're afraid to say no. I'm going to interject real quick because yeah. I think you're resonating with my audience right yeah, now. Yeah. We're hospitality people. Oh, we are hardwired oh, to say yes. Oh my god, yes. I know. Yes. So this is, this is a hard one for us. Yeah. But keep going. But what he talks about is it literally causes physical discomfort mm. and guilt at the thought of saying no to people. And I'm so glad you said that because my restaurant clients they do make me laugh at how they literally they are so conscious of serving. It's fascinating to watch. So yeah, you know what? You probably suffer from this one more than most industries because it's your nature to serve uh, in this hospitality world. But the point is it causes physical discomfort. And McCowan's saying this in his book, Essentialism. But what he says is, so here's what you're faced with. Okay, let's pretend that's true. So here's what you have. You either accept that physical discomfort, say yes, and regret it, for days, weeks, months, and sometimes years, or simply say no and feel that discomfort for one frickin' minute and just end the hell that you just committed to that could last for days, weeks, months, and years. And so if you understand and put it in that context, you'll start to build a muscle. And then the other little trick I teach people, because I love saying no, is I always offer something, though. If so, so when I get a podcast request and I'm saying no, I say no, but here's somebody who you may want on your podcast mm. when i say no to a talk here, here's somebody who might be a great speaker for you when anyway so whenever somebody asks me of something i always cushion the no with offering them a different solution uh but i love saying no yeah and one thing that resonates with me and i don't know if you've heard this before if you know where the origin is but everything you say yes to is something you have to say no to something else you have to say no to yeah that's great everything yeah. you say yes to is something else you have to say no to. and and, and again we may or may not get there but that's what a hundred knowing your hundred percent is all about yeah. in the fifth discipline and yeah. knowing your hundred percent should we just go there yeah <laughs> yeah great transition so so and, and remind me don't let me because i'm gonna my add will distract us i'm gonna put strike through the I'm, ones we talked but, about but i just want to <laughs> but what i'm saying though is I want you to come back to what you just said there about saying 
yes means you have to say no to something because there's a direct tie to 100%. And it's the point I'm trying to make about once you master the first five disciplines, saying no is easy. So discipline five is know your 100%. What that means is, is it's knowing your work container, I call it, your work container. Your work container is the amount of time you consciously decide to give the world it's your work time. It's your craft. It's the value you bring to the world. And we cannot work 24-7, even in the restaurant business. You can't work 24-7, 365. And so you have to start setting a boundary. So I'm going to use me as the example. My work container is I work 55 hours a week, 40 weeks a year. That's all the world gets from me, not one minute more. Because what I learned about my energy, we're talking about maximizing energy, managing your energy, is I know that that's the perfect amount of work time that keeps me highly energized. One minute more, I start to burn out and I'm not as good. Anything less, I start to feel like a lazy ass. So it's like my perfect formula. Let me just finish this last point. So now that I know that for myself, 55 hours a week, 40 weeks a year, that's my magic number. There's my work container. Yeah. Everything I do has to be being done to achieve what I see for myself in my 10-year thinking. And so to your point, when you say yes to something that you should have said no to, all of a sudden you just put something in that container yeah. that there's no room for. Yeah. Or you just knock something out of the container that would have gotten you to where you want to go faster. Exactly. But you made this, with all due love and respect, stupid decision to go do that appointment <laughs> when you shouldn't have done it. When I think of the 100%, the analogy that comes into my mind, it's like and a lot of new cars have, they'll tell you when you're you know, you have your miles per gallon and like there'll be even like a green light that will turn on. I know my Honda Civic had a green light <laughs> that when I was going like yeah. the, the peak economy mode, it was green. And this is saying, at, you know, at 70 miles an hour, at 68 miles an hour, you can go the longest, the furthest and you're optimizing at peak. So good. Peak condition. This so is, good. This is endurance, right? Gold. Another yeah. piece of gold. Yeah. So that that's how I envision Like that's your being a commercial pilot. Like yeah. that's your range. That's yep. how you can go the furthest. So this. good. And it's also, I think there's a tie there to 80, 20 that at, at a certain pace is like when you're, when you, an optimal output. Yeah, I don't need to get into I'm, that. I'm, but I'm right. You got me. Th- I'm writing that one down. That's that's pretty damn good. That's hey, your second you, piece of feel gold. Feel free to quote me in your future books. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. I'll take it. Uh, that's uh, so good. But um, one other thought I wanted to come out uh, in terms of the say no often, because I think that that both schools of thought are right. And I think mm-hmm. you alluded to that too. The way I envision envision that is on a sliding scale. When you're first getting started. I think you should be saying yes to everything because you don't know what where you're going. When you're coming into this professional world and you're still trying to figure out who you are, if you're in, how this pertains to the restaurant industry, if you're coming out of culinary school and you want to be a chef but you don't know what your it that like you don't know what your passion is yet, go get perspective. Go feed yourself. Mm-hmm. Say yes. You know, don't jump around too much because you don't want to have a reputation for you know getting hired and quitting mm-hmm. six months later. But go feed the funnel. Say yes. Get perspective. And then over time, that is going to that that sliding scale, like I mentioned, you need to start to get some focus and know when it's time to say no. So you can focus on your core focus. Yeah. So here's what I'd love to say to that, because now you jumped back to the first piece of content, which is entrepreneurial leap. And that's that entrepreneur that has taken their leap and they're just getting started and exactly right. I mean, they've got to keep finding their way, practicing stuff, trying stuff. So you're absolutely right about that. But I do think even in that phase of the entrepreneur's life there's an opportunity 
to be taught this, which is why I teach this in Entrepreneur Elite. Yeah. I want to imprint this on that uh, that future entrepreneur's brain as early as possible. Yeah. Because you can, and I'm speaking from experience, when I started EOS Worldwide, the company, at 33 years old or however old I was, you know, I had this track record of 10, at least 10 years succeeding in business and being in business. So I was savvy enough to already know I needed to say no to some things on the front end. So I would urge and ask that you still have the discipline in your brain, but you are correct. A new entrepreneur that just launched their business needs to say yes a lot more than the successful entrepreneur that truly knows their core focus. So I, I, I just, it's important for me to want to say that because I want to be careful. We just don't unleash a bunch of entrepreneurs <laughs> saying yes. In to my everything. mind, that's the only way it does make sense is when you're first getting started and you're still trying to figure out like when you start, you don't. And for me, I'm speaking for myself. When I first started, I knew that my direction was North. Yeah. But I could go 360 degrees North Yeah, or I could go, 300 degrees north. I'm mm-hmm. still headed north, but I yeah. think over time yeah. that that scope of direction gets gets finer. Yeah. And then you get to the point where you're on one radial and you're going I stay on this radial. I am on the 360 degree radial. I know exactly where I'm yeah. going, but I think it takes some wrong yeses to to figure out what that scope is. Yeah. And I think we're close enough to being on the same page. Yeah, 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 I'm just yeah. going to shut my mouth yeah. and bite my tongue. <laughs> but I'm not, yeah, yeah. I think we can move on too. So take, so if we're going down the list here, one thing that I really wanted to talk to, um, and I, I know you're really excited about this too, so let's pull it to the surface now. Know thyself. Yes. So I'll let you be the barometer of how deep we go into this one. But this one of all 10, I love them all. But this one is the greatest opportunity, and this one will make the most sense when I talk about how the 10 disciplines create a foundation for you and create space for you to do the inner work, okay? And, and so let's pretend you have all 10 disciplines in place, you've mastered them, you're living by them because it truly is you know, a lifestyle, a system. So with that, the discipline number three is know thyself. And, and the discipline here is for you to do the work to truly know thyself as a visionary-driven entrepreneur. And knowing thyself, the real discipline is for you to be yourself. But you cannot be yourself until you know yourself. Hopefully that made sense. Mm-hmm. So the point is you've got to be yourself in life every minute of every day, and it is possible. And then I would urge you to think about yourself and really be honest. What percentage of your time are you really, fully, truly being yourself? And I always like to say, let your freak flag fly. Mm. Because we're talking about energy, maximizing and managing, and when you are living fully from your soul, or whatever you call soul, oh, I mean, you are excelling. Your energy is through the roof. So I always like to share a story. When I was... When I was 30 years old, my wife threw me a 30th surprise birthday party. And I walk into the room and I see a hundred sets of eyeballs yelling surprise. And I look around this room and I go, holy fuck. So I can say fuck when I'm quoting someone or myself and I'm quoting myself. And I, I looked around and I saw six different factions of my life. So I saw my business partners, my employees, my high school friends, my new friends, my family, and my wife's family. And I realized I am a different person 
for all six factions. And I was like, who in the hell am I going to be today? And it was my wake-up call and my aha moment that said the energy I'm burning trying to be so many things to so many different people, I decided I am going to be one person for the rest of my life, and that is going to be me. Yeah. And so for 25 years, I have been on a journey to free my soul, to get closer to my soul, and I describe it as shedding layers. And so you just kind of shed layers, and I'll come back to that point in just a second. But the point here is, before I go too deep into this, I want to keep it really high level, and that is... Think about yourself and what percentage of your time are you truly being yourself and letting your freak flag fly? Um, I would suggest restaurateurs are closer to this than like um, somebody that owns an insurance company because you're pretty crazy people. Yeah. Uh, So I think think we're becoming more increasingly crazy. Yeah. And this is this idea of embracing your true nature and letting that yeah. show yeah. with the art and the walls, the music you play, the, yeah. the, the level of service, yeah. uh, whether it's more casual or fine dining. Yeah. Like you're, I believe that your restaurant should be a reflection here, of here. who you are. And, and, but the point I'm making in that is I think the restaurant industry, restaurateurs are a little further along this journey. Like for instance, if we, if we, if we put everybody on a, on a scale and we're looking at every other industry <clears throat> And where that visionary is, <clears throat> excuse me, and where that visionary is in terms of fully letting their freak flag fly. And then we put the restaurant industry, restaurateurs, I think the the restaurateurs have already moved the needle a little further than that other group of people because you are creatives and you are you do express yourselves more comfortably but regardless let's just pretend i'm talking to somebody who is letting their freak flag fly one percent of the time the point here is be yourself the point here is start to do this work and this journey of really understanding yourself. And we start with some very simple practices that you can do, some very simple exercises. And one is just simply asking five to 10 of the most important people in your life, what are your three greatest strengths and your three greatest weaknesses? And what you're going to get is some really honest feedback that you have blinders on, both from a standpoint of understanding your strengths and your gifts to the world and some things that you're not doing so well. So it's a, that's a very powerful exercise. Profiling tools. There are tons of amazing profiling tools out there. Myers-Briggs, DISC, Colby, Culture Index that help you start to know yourself. The point is to begin a journey to know thyself so you can fully yeah. be yourself. I want to compound off this because it's been one of the biggest lessons I've learned uh, is that the universe leaves clues. The universe is constantly talking to you. Here, here. If you're going through life and your head's down and people are complimenting you, I'm like, wow, you do that really well. That's the universe telling you the path here, here. You're, you're meant to be on. And more importantly, if you are somebody who notices somebody's good at something, let them fucking know mm-hmm. because they need to know because they need to that self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And that you could put them on a path. You could change their life by helping them become self-aware. And on that note of self-awareness, that's the peak of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And this is in my mind, know thyself is be self-aware, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, know what makes you happy and lean into it. Yep. That's spot on. And, and so, you know, that's the high level. And now we want to go a little deeper into it because the high level know thyself and these exercises that we give you, you know, there's still about, in my opinion, 
succeeding in the outer world and mastering the outer world because these are little tweaks that you make that make you a better boss and a better leader and a better manager and a better visionary and a better salesperson and a better restaurateur and a better these tangible external things and it's really important that you master those things and, and, and Dan Sullivan's the strategic coach program would call that unique ability but there's a million terms for it god-given talent um uh, superpower, all these different terms. That's that's as you're applying those skills to your business. I now want to take it a level deeper because remember what I said is when these ten disciplines are in place, you've created a foundation to create space to do the inner work. This is where we have the most fun with this work because then we want to take people deep back to this point about letting them truly free their souls. Let them truly get closer to their soul. And so for me, the last 25 years, I've been on this journey, like I said, of shedding layers. And what this is about, and I'll just scratch the surface and then you tell me how deep you want to go, but this is, you take an entrepreneur who's successful and there's an amazing book called Driven. Not that you need to run out and get it, but Dr. Doug Brackman wrote this book. It's called Driven and it's describing driven people. And what you find with most of these entrepreneurs especially restaurateurs, and I would put them in this category, they seem to have more trauma than most. But we, but we entrepreneurs, visionaries, we have trauma, we have pain, uh, we have wounds, and, and it's what drives us and motivates us. And with that, you can succeed in the outer world with that pain and trauma. And, and that's what I specialize in, is taking a traumatized entrepreneur and helping them become incredibly successful, make a ton of money, build an amazing business. But if you really want to go inside and start to heal those wounds, which they can be healed, I mean, you can literally eliminate them with some work, all of a sudden now, with that trauma, pain, wounds, with that with those blocks being removed and you operating fully from your soul and your energy fully flowing, holy cow, then it's a whole nother level of the impact you're having on the world as an entrepreneur. So with this book driven and Doug Brackman, I did his podcast and we had this fun debate where we talked about, do you, you know, let the entrepreneur become successful with their trauma and then heal the trauma? Or do you heal them first and then have them go become successful? Well, again, what I've been doing for 25 years is, Help you know helping them be successful on their trauma, and then hopefully they become aware enough to heal their trauma. I don't know what the answer is. I don't yeah. know which one comes first. But what we're talking about here is that opportunity. Once you've created the space and the time to start to look at this and go inside, and I'm certainly speaking from experience, you just start to clear all those blocks. Yeah, get closer to your soul. And so the last point on the layers. When I call it layers, I will do things. You know, work on myself that help me shed a layer and get a little closer to my soul. And every time yeah. you shed a layer, there will be tears. So they go hand in hand. And you just start getting closer and closer and closer and closer to that. Because what I also learned is those of us, you know, that have wounds, we build a structure around ourselves to protect ourselves from the world. And our ego does it. And it does it for good reason. It doesn't want us to ever feel that pain again. And so this kind of work, when you really start to go here, you're just shedding those layers, getting closer, shedding those layers. And then again, all of a sudden, you're fully operating from your soul. You're fully letting your freak flag fly. And you are fully being you in this world, which you will create a much 
bigger impact. And I had a note to bring up the idea of imposter syndrome underneath mm-hmm. this. I think it, it falls underneath yeah, this. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something I struggle with yeah. a lot because uh-huh. I'm the host of Restaurant Unstoppable, where my mission is to inspire, empower, and transform the restaurant industry. I've never owned a successful restaurant. Mm-hmm. Who the frig am I to be up here telling other people how to run their restaurants, mm-hmm. right? Um, what happens if we we have a uh, I guess an image of who we think we are and mm-hmm. whether or not we're worthy of, but I know your answer because you echo it all the time. You are worthy. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> so I feel like, I, so what's going through your mind as I bring up this idea of imposter syndrome? Well, the, the word I use, you know, is, is whenever I'm teaching this, you know, I, I look at the audience or I look into the camera or I look whoever I'm looking at. And I just simply say this, I say, you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. Just like that, too. Just like that. I listened to the other interview you did. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's called imposter syndrome now. It'll be called something else 10 years from now. So when I was coming up, it was just good old-fashioned insecurity. You know what I mean? So (laughs) so it's... I think it's human nature. I think it's natural for us to feel less than. And and so, you know, I, I'm not going to speak to specifically imposter syndrome because I think it's just another term for a human insecurity. energetic dynamic that is insecurity. But, you know, I was a very insecure person at 18 years old and 20 years old. And I was very insecure through my 20s. And I'm a lot less insecure today, but there's still a little ping in there always. And I think for all of us. And so I would just be careful with a label that is imposter syndrome. I would just suggest it's normal to feel a little inadequate. It's, it's normal to feel not enough. It's normal to you know, walk into an industry at 25 years old and stare at incredibly successful 50-year-olds and feel, you know, a little inadequate. I think that's just normal. But then there's the old saying, you know, never let them see you sweat. You know, sometimes you do need to fake it till you make it. Sometimes you just need to build a confidence to just go there. You know, so the way that I became less insecure is by taking huge risks because, you know, I mean, this, this current... What's the word I want to use? I'm going to try and calm my, I guess my, my, my blood is starting to boil, so I'm going to breathe. Um, people are a little wimpier than they once were 30 years ago when I was coming up. And the way that you solve imposter syndrome and insecurity is you go take risks and get your ass kicked and fail and have people tell you no. And most are afraid to do that. And I don't know what happened. You know, maybe we they were all too protected by their parents, but you got to go take risks. Yeah. You got to go get punched in the face. That's how we get tough. That's how we it galvanizes the soul. Man. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you you got anyway. So there's no. I don't think there's a path without failure that somehow you have the right level of confidence and humility and eliminate those insecurities. You got to go get your ass kicked. One more thing on under the note of know thyself. Um, Something I'm curious about um, using, and I know you don't use drugs. No. um, Although I will argue alcohol is a drug. Oh, and I agree with you. And I do like that. (laughs) Yeah. But one drug out there that I think has a really bad rep that is becoming to is it's increasingly being shown under a better light Mm. is a psilocybin Mm -hmm. or mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of CEOs who have sworn by holy shit. Mm -hmm. This helps me understand who I am Mm -hmm. and where I'm going. And it's a, there's like this unite uniting with the universe. I'm not going to lie. I took mushrooms this past weekend because I was, I wanted to like, I wanted to learn more and I, I have had to a admit, feeling. I have to admit 
that I instantly got clarity. I'm like, this yeah. is my core focus. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm all about. This is what makes me happy. Do you, do you know anything about people using substance to not abusing substance, but you, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I think people, there's a difference between using and abusing. And I think there's an issue with abuse, but I do encourage people to use these, these drugs that have been mm-hmm. a part of our life for as long as we've been hunter gatherers, you know, yeah. it's not like this is new. Yeah. So I don't feel I'm an expert enough to speak on it, but we're talking about plant medicine, yeah. right? Various forms. And absolutely. I know many an entrepreneur that are using it now. And, and I believe based on the things that I hear, you know, what we're talking about is going inside, doing the inner work and, and going to your trauma and, and, and what I have heard and seen is that for those that are really stuck, that can't get past that trauma, that can't get past those wounds or whatever it is, there's something stuck you know, some people, they just need the sledgehammer, you know, the big boom to help break them and get them unstuck. And so the ones that I've heard that have done it, it has been incredibly helpful for them to have a breakthrough, clearly see themselves, clearly see their soul, clearly see their blocks. You know, and it's with these blocks, you know, I, I recommend three books to every visionary that wants to start to do this deep inner work. Driven, I already mentioned. Letting Go by Michael Singer. I'm sorry, Letting Go by David Hawkins and Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And that's all about going inside and removing these blocks. Uh, they're called samskaras uh, in Sanskrit. That's the term Michael Singer uses. I call them bricks when I'm talking to somebody about it. And when I'm removing one, I call it a matzo ball. I will, man, that one's a matzo ball. I have a, <laughs> I have a coach and a friend and a mentor. She calls them hairballs. And so it's just removing these blocks and all of us had something happen at seven. There's something significant in the psychology world about age seven, but nonetheless, we have traumas throughout our lives, and sometimes it's an energy that gets stuck. And and you, to truly be healthy, you need to remove that, or you will forever live with it, and your ego will forever try to protect you from it, and you will not fully be yourself. And plant medicine is just one of the ways to break those loose. But it's only a small percentage that need to do that yeah. because you can do that through – I mean, there are literally a thousand ways to remove those blocked energies, meditation, a great therapist. It's a different answer for every single person. But what I love about the book Letting Go is you can literally, if you will deep dive into that book chapter by chapter, it will literally walk you through the process of letting go of those things. And Untethered Soul does the same. What's interesting about letting go – is it's just helping you understand the lowest level of vibration with human beings and the highest level of vibration and the emotion that coincides with each one. And you literally will find out where you are on that vibrational level. And I thought I was a lot higher than I was till I did a really deep dive into that book. And you, just, you go chapter by chapter, so you're getting past anger and shame and despair all the way up to joy and peace and love. And there's about you know eight or ten levels but there's, my point is there's so many ways to remove those blocks in plant medicine as from what I'm seeing out there and hearing from entrepreneurs is a great solution, yeah. but it's not for everybody. Yeah. One more quick break to thank our sponsors. We're going to be back. There's absolutely one more of these 10 disciplines I want to dive into, sure. and then we'll start wrapping up, and maybe we'll just touch on the other ones real quick, sure. but uh, we'll be right back. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often. 
Restaurant Systems Pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the Restaurant System Pro 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant Systems Pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant, but during this no-cost-to-you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals. Recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time, these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. P. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash RSP. As an individual who has grown up in the restaurant industry, I know that constant phone calls can get in the way of serving your guest in the restaurant, but not answering your phone can mean you're losing potential customers. And I did not know this. I was so surprised when I heard the statistic. 42% of restaurant guests will eat elsewhere if their calls are missed. And I've got to admit that that was just such a surprise to me. That's why I recommend pop menu answering. Pop Menu Answering is powered by artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions most people call with, like, do you have outdoor seating? Or what are your hours? God, why do they always call with these questions? Go to the website. Anyway, within the Pop Menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and choose the voice your guest hears, plus create customized greetings. Pop Menu Answering picks up your phone call 24-7, 365 days a year. Plus, Pop Menu Answering helps you gain insights into what potential customers are typically calling about, turning every phone call into an opportunity. Reclaim the power of your phone now with Pop Menu Answering, and for a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off your first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get $100 off your first month and learn more about Pop Menu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable we're back and there's actually two more of these disciplines i want to go over with you and we're going to go deep um the this the the one i want to talk about now is put everything on a piece of paper and this is a, a, a sorry put everything on a piece or one place is what you put in the book what is that what does that mean for you so it's it's put everything in one place yeah and again we're talking about energy management and maximization Okay, and we're talking to visionary entrepreneurs who are driven. Okay, and so if that's the case, you are going through your day at 150 miles an hour, 
and there is stuff coming at you all day long. And if you're normal, as most are, you're making promises, you're making commitments, you're having ideas, you're having thoughts, you're thinking of problems. And again, if you're normal, as those things come up, you're doing your best to try and remember them in your head. And you actually think you're going to remember that at the end of the day or tomorrow. And so it's just kind of messy. And Or what you're doing is you're writing it down in various places, capturing in your phone, jotting it down on a sticky note, and, and, and you're just a mess. And so what that's doing to your energy, and hopefully you can all feel that out there, what that just did to your energy as you're thinking about that day, is not good for your energy. And so put everything in one place as a discipline where you just simply choose your one place. Mine is a legal pad. I live my life from a legal pad. And I love it because my high-tech friends and clients, they laugh at me when I walk into the Starbucks with my legal pad because we're going to have a great conversation. But I, I just I find the legal pad works for me. Some people use a journal. Some people use a tablet. Uh, I see a lot of Remarkables now out there being used. But you just have to choose a one place that when that commitment, that idea, that promise, that problem, that thought comes to you, you immediately jot it down in your one place. So everything is being captured in one place and it immediately frees up your energy. And so a hypothetical example is, you know, I'm sitting there, my legal pad is always with me. Let's pretend I'm having a conversation with someone and something hits me and it might be a freaking great idea and it happens a lot. I just quickly jot it down on my one place. Or if I say to somebody, they say, hey, would you do me a favor and just reach out to Bill? I'm like, you bet I will. And I just jot that down, yeah. assuming I said yes to that. And, and so you're just putting it all in one place. So that when you get to the end of the day, you go to your one place, and discipline eight is preparing every night. We don't have to go into detail on that, but when you prepare for the next day, you're pulling everything off your one place and putting it in the appropriate compartment. Sometimes you're putting it in your calendar for next week. Sometimes you're time blocking it. Sometimes you're putting it on for next the next day. Sometimes you're taking care of it right there at the end of the day, but nonetheless, everything you thought of, committed to, needed to solve got captured, you didn't lose it. Because the opposite when you're doing it the chaotic way that most are, is you are letting people down. You are breaking promises. People cannot depend on you. People are losing faith in you. People don't trust you. And most visionary entrepreneurs, that is your life. And so when somebody asks you for something and you say yes, they're like, eh, 50-50. This freaking guy's going to follow through or she's going to follow through for me. So with that, it solves that. But let's go back to energy, what that does for your energy and your follow through on great ideas and promises and commitment. All of a sudden, people trust you more. You're getting more shit done. It's that feels very, great, very knowing powerful. that you're being productive. Here, and, knowing here. That, oh. and physically here, seeing here. lines being crossed off makes you, it releases good chemicals like here, it, here. that that sense is it's, it's so so good you mentioned number eight and we're not gonna get into it but what i do is i say win tomorrow tonight and uh, there's an alarm that goes off my phone every day at six to remind me to win tomorrow tonight and you go straight to the list and you prioritize my list what i like to use and i'd like the listeners to know if if, if you are more tech leaning i use an app called momentum it's, it's actually mm. a plug-in a, a chrome google plug-in where whenever every time you open a new browser it's a your core focus for the day, an inspiring quote and a to-do list. And you can use it on your phone. You can sync it to your phone. So every time you open a browser on your phone or whether you're on your computer, so whether you're on your computer or you have your phone, it's the same idea. Like you can add it to your list and I, it's called Google. Uh, it's called momentum. It's a cool. Google Chrome plugin. I'm not, cool. not an affiliate, but I love using that. So the last one I want to dive deep into is be humble. Mm -hmm. And 
I'll just kind of let you do your thing and then I'll kind of reflect on how, why this resonates with yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. So discipline number 10 is be humble. And sometimes this will throw people off guard because they're thinking, what the heck does that have to do with energy? And I would suggest to you it has everything to do with energy and managing and maximizing your energy. So I, w- I would suggest a, a, a few different things here. You know, first of all, if you think of a spectrum – And on one end of the spectrum is humble, and on the other end of the spectrum is arrogant. If you're picturing that spectrum, ideally, I love you to write that spectrum on something in front of you so you're really engaging with what we're talking about. If you look at the definition of those two words, they're the exact same definition. In so many words, it's your view of yourself in comparison to others. And so simply put, arrogant people think they're better than others. Humble people don't think they're any better than anyone else. And it's a question of what life do you choose for yourself because I choose a humble life. And the life that you choose for yourself, you're going to attract what you are. And so if you're an arrogant person, you're going to be surrounded by arrogant people. Um, That's a pretty energy-draining scenario. (laughs) If you're a humble person, you're going to be surrounded by humble people. And I just personally believe that the journey in life is better being surrounded by humble people and being humble. And I'm always working at that. You know, I, I... I don't know where I am on the spectrum, but I'm always checking myself and I'm always working really hard. And I don't consider myself to be this incredibly humble person, but I do believe I'm on this, that, that half of the spectrum. Um, still maybe close to the middle, but at least on that half of the spectrum. And it's something that I'm always working on. So there's an exercise I prescribe, and that is just simply draw that spectrum with five of the most important people in your life that will give you an honest answer and just say, hey, where am I on this spectrum? So that you get a really honest feedback for yourself on where you are on that spectrum if this is important to you to be humble. But then I would also suggest there's a great C.S. Lewis quote that says, um, being humble is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So this is just simply all about you not thinking you're better than others, you being an equal, believing you're an equal to everyone on this planet. And with that brings a level of energy and an attraction that is just simply a better life. And so there's my jumping off point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I want to pull back layers on this is because one of my strengths, I believe, I see the, the the good in others. I see the strength in others. I always admire other people for the 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 technical the technical skill they have, their ability. That I'm like, what's my thing? I wish I had a thing. Um, and I'm I feel like I'm always good at seeing what everyone else is good at. Um, however, I do sometimes worry that I I am um, arrogant because the, because of the work I'm doing, because of the amount of integrity Mm -hmm. that I try to put into the work that I do, my core values, my, my desire to have everything hinge on integrity. And I sometimes worry that I, I, I I isolate myself Mm. when I do that. And I, and I marginalize myself Mm. when I say, no, this is what I'm trying to do. I say no to people like, like you, you say we should. And I, and by, and by saying no, by injecting integrity. So when I, for context, um, I won't. I really try to let the show dictate who I talk to. Mm-hmm. Meaning, who are you recommend? We, I have a, a bunch of authors I'm going to reach out to after today's conversation, mm-hmm. right? So this is my research. Yeah, who are you recommending? Who are my guests calling out to say mm-hmm. you should be a guest in the show or this person should be a guest in the show? And I really let that be my my guiding star, my my north star, my my filter to mm-hmm. to keep the show. In, 
just injected with integrity. Cause mm-hmm. I like to say my unique selling proposition is trust. Yeah. But by doing that, by putting all these values into what I do, I worry that I isolate myself and I alienate myself because I won't open myself up to people. And I'm afraid that it translates into I'm better than you. Hmm. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, it's like, I'm thinking that does not compute. So you're, you're, you're talking to a guy that I think we're similar. I, I, I feel you are a humble guy. You know, that's my take on you only knowing you for a short while, but you know, we check you out before we do a podcast like this. I listened to a few minutes of a couple podcasts. still did it, huh? <laughs> yeah, still did it. So, you know, I, I think you're a humble guy. That's just one person's perspective. But again, what I would suggest, when in doubt, go to five really important people in your life that are going to be really honest with you and find out for yourself. This will You'll put this to rest. And I would be shocked if they all rated you high as an arrogant person. So for what that's worth. And when I say that does not compute, I don't even get your dilemma. Because again, if you're a humble person, and you want to be around humble people, and you would prefer to not be around arrogant people, I don't even understand how that makes a person arrogant because you know, like attracts like. And I just, I just want to be around grounded, centered, humble people. And, and, and let me just say this, and don't lose your thought that you're about to say, but one of the, one of the uh, things I prescribe to help with this is gratitude. In other words, just every single night when your head hits that pillow, you just say thank you. And if yeah. you feel like you need to say more, think about more, be grat- great, have gratitude for more than do that, but every night when your head hits the pillow, just say thank you. It's really hard to be arrogant and have gratitude at the same time. And so I just believe that people are that are appreciative and thankful and have gratitude, they tend to be more humble. And again, this is just one person's opinion. So in that, uh, I... I this is it does not compute. I don't even get the dilemma in that. And especially if you're asking your guests to refer you to other guests and you it's it's the guests that you love, you're going to get more of what you got. And I and I and and so you're just going to keep attracting more like-minded people. And uh and if you're a humble person and most of your guests are humble, Something tells me your whole universe is going to be surrounded by humble people. There's my two cents. I think the fact that I'm aware of it and worried about it is probably a testament that I'm not. But at the same time, like for people who are listening to this, like I guess what what I'm trying to say is I say no a lot. And I worry that that saying no or the the unwillingness to collaborate with certain people translates into, oh, you think you're bad. Yeah, but that's my point about that does not compute because I don't – view that as arrogant i view that as really freaking smart yeah you know for what that's worth and then also you know so so humble is not wimpy or weak humble is incredibly strong there's a strength in humility and so what i would also urge as you do a little checkup on yourself you know just make sure it's not insecure don't confuse humility with insecurity um because the most dangerous thing is when an insecure person starts to gain some confidence, that's arrogance in its purest form. Mm. So so just be careful. You know, you're thinking, oh, I'm a humble person because, you know, I think I'm beneath everyone. I think people are better than me or I'm afraid to do this and I'm questioning. Be careful because that's insecurity. Humility is just simply saying, I, I think I'm equal to everyone on the planet. Mm. And, uh, and I have another coach and mentor that just talks about, do you live a horizontal life or a vertical life? And so the horizontal life is where everyone's just equal on the same horizontal plane. Or are you looking at life vertically where everyone's in some pecking order in your life? These people are higher than you. These people are lower than you. These people are more important. So which one do you choose? And I believe humble people choose a horizontal life. 
Yeah. It kind of, you're making me think of the, the saying, I'm sure you've heard this. Um, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that, oh, and you know what, if I may, I'm sorry to cut you off, but no. Michael Blomsterberg, it starts with me as his book and that's the horizontal vertical guy. It's an amazing book. But again, if you but run out, I've sometimes it. find that I, I, in pursuing to surround myself with people who are who more similar to who I want to become, I also find myself not spending time with people who aren't going to the same place. And sometimes that might be translated as what you're better than me now. Well, I would suggest on that, that's their issue, not yours. So I, I, again, <laughs> that know, does not compute. But, but, but here's the thing. I mean, so now let's go to that conversation. So, and this is one of my big energy blocks is that judgment from other people you know so you've got two choices in life you sit there and worry about what every single person thinks about you or you just do what you feel is right and unconditionally love yourself and fully trust yourself yeah yeah it sure seems like the second one is the better life and i speak from experience on the first life because that's the way i lived probably the first 40 years of my life you know just worrying about everyone's opinion so you know at the end of the day not everyone's going to like you People are going to rip you to shreds. You know, just you put yourself out there in this podcast. Trust me, you're going to have critics out there. You're going to have people that don't like you. You're going to have people that you rub the wrong way. What are you going to do? Try and please them all? And then for what it's worth, one of my other little secrets is whenever I'm feeling a little cocky and I need a little burst of humility, I go read my one-star reviews on Amazon. That brings you right back <laughs> to the ground. I love it. So um, the mission statement to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. We're definitely feeling inspired. We're definitely feeling empowered. Um, on this note of transformation, um, where is the world today, and where can we go intentionally? What What do you think the world um, needs to self- – where, where do we need to self-correct? Yeah, so you know, this one is – you know, I am not Nostradamus and I am not, you know, I'm not a predictor of the future. And I, with all of my experience and I just look at all the predictors of the future, most get it wrong. And so why on earth try and predict the future? So I don't know. This is a prediction of the future. I, I get as, it. But you're saying, what is, you know, what does this world need? You know, you've got, so you've end yourself, world hunger, you know, yeah. world peace. Well, you've given yourself yeah. a lot of perspective, Gina. Yeah. Like you've, you've opened yourself up to so much perspective, to so much wisdom. Um, you, you can look at where we are today in the world and you can say, you know, there's many different ways we can go. Um, what's one thing that you kind of just shake your head at in the world and you think we could do better or maybe move away from? Yeah, and this is this is why I have a hard time answering. So I'm going to give you my best answer of what comes to me when you ask that question, but I think I'm answering a different question than you are. And so all I can speak to, you know, it's like where I am in my life right now and what I'm passionate about and what I'm trying to help people do is the inner work. And mm-hmm. so indirectly, this probably answers it, but what I what I believe is that you know, if everyone would just simply admit that they have pain, traumas, wounds, stored, blocked energy inside of them and begin the journey of just facing it. And you can just slowly touch on it because sometimes it's going to be really hard and really challenging. But just start the process of acknowledging that I have wounds, you know, and so for what this is worth, you know, I believe if you believe five things, you can't not, not do or see this. And that is, if you believe, number one, you have wounds, pain or trauma. If you, number two, believe you have a soul or whatever word you use for soul. Number three, if you believe you have an ego 
Number four, if you believe in God or source or universe or whatever you call that. And then number five, if you believe we're all connected, it's like impossible for you to not, not do this, see this, be this. And so my goal is to pierce the shield, those layers. You know, we're all walking around with that structure to protect us. And I want to pierce the shield, let a little light in or a little light out, depending on how you look at it. And, and start people on the journey of just acknowledging it, recognizing it, seeing. And then when you clear that, because what I've learned is it's possible to clear it. Let go. Yeah. And so Letting Go was one of the books. Untethered Souls, another. Those two books are masterpieces on showing you how to do this. And then whether you go choose to get therapy or go do plant medicine or go do whatever <laughs> you're going to go do to do that, please know you can do it just simply from those books and meditation, which is all free or very inexpensive. You know, I I don't know how that doesn't make an impact on the world because you just have a more aware and conscious world. So the the message I get is how do we transform the world? We encourage people to go inward and self-reflect and let go. Yeah, it's, but but and this is why I struggle with this Nostradamus answer, and, and now we're having a mini fist fight here. So I, the, the way that my simple little mind works is, you know, transform the world that feels really big. Um, so it's like in my mind, it's just healing the visionary, one visionary at a time that wants to do this work, mm-hmm. you know, that wants to start the inner work, because they don't all do, but the ones that do... That's that's where I'm putting my energy. And then, you know, does that transform the world? Does that heal the world? I hope so. Maybe it does. I don't know. But I, all I do is help one, then help two, then help three, then 10, then 100, then 1,000, and just kind of see where it all goes. Gino, uh, you've inspired me. Uh, I feel in, just injected with energy uh, after talking to you, after reading your books, and just hopeful for the future. Uh, super grateful for you making time today. I know you value your time probably more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm sitting here across the table from you is just the ultimate comp- compliment. I just can't say thank you enough for, for making time for us. Uh, before we say goodbye, what is the best way to connect? If we want to take this this journey, if we want to commit to the EOS life, if we want to work on ourselves, the 10, you know, the 10 principles to bettering yourself or sorry, I can never remember the whole <laughs> 10 disciplines for, for max. Ma- yeah, you go got for it. it. Go for 10 it. 10 disciplines for managing and maximizing your energy. What's the best way to get yeah, so, so real simple answer, all things that we talked about, you can find it all at genowickman.com. So when in doubt, just go there and it'll, you'll find your way to those five five pieces of content. But if you want to go right to the source on these 10 disciplines, just go to the10disciplines.com, download the free ebook. It's free. But what you can also do as a bonus, if you want to go buy the EOS Life book, it's in that book as well. It's the second half of that book. But again, just go to the10disciplines.com, download that for free. And if you want to start this inner work journey, check out the website. We do coaching and we take you deep if you want to go there. So, uh, Come on into our world if this is something that's appealing to you. Is there a restaurant using the EOS life or who's a part of the EOS life that comes to mind that just uses your principles and just does so well with it that we should know about to learn more about how this applies to the world of restaurants? Mm, Wow, that's a toughie. You know, so I don't know. You know, I've had a few restaurant clients and and they're doing well. I, I don't want to call out any names, but this I know. You know, so we have... 15,000 companies we've taken through the process as EOS implementers. There are 550 of us. Um, and 140,000 companies using this tool. So, hell yes, there are probably 100 restaurants 
that meet the criteria that you just said. Probably a thousand using it, probably yeah. thousands. But but yes, I just don't know who they are. And worst case, shoot an email to EOS Worldwide and, and ask them to uh, tell you who they are. Your co-author, Peyton, right? Am I saying that right? Oh, yes, Mike Peyton. Yeah, I believe the, 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 the goal is to connect with him in the spring. And uh, I'm hoping oh, beautiful. that we go deeper. Maybe yeah. he can – if you're listening to this and you, you think that you're having extreme success with this this format, this way of life, don't be don't be shy. Please reach out to me. And Gino, this is a, where we say goodbye. And I just say thank you so much for taking the time to join us. You, there is no questioning, my man. You are unstoppable. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. This Cheers. was a blast. Thank you. I had fun. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Gino Wickman. And man, this was a really big interview for me. I got to admit, I have a little bit of a man crush on Gino. And I was excited uh, and a little nervous to get him on the show. Uh, He's had such a profound impact on my life in just a short amount of time uh, between traction and the EOS life and just slowly starting to leak parts of this book into my life. Uh, I, I can already see the effects. For me, what I started to do is I just started using their 10, uh, I think it's called the, the Level 10 Meetings, and it's a weekly meeting, uh, and it just forces you to communicate. If communication is something that you really struggle with, I recommend starting there. It forces you to bring your team together and to communicate and to get intentional with your rocks and to stay to your to-do list. It's just very powerful. It changes the way you live every day, and that's just one book. And I plan on diving into all the books. We obviously can't get Gino on for every book, but he listed out the books and in which order to read them. And my my plan, my goal is to go after every one of his co-authors and to dissect the, the books and to, to make sure that you are aware of these resources. And um, you know, when you're when you're opening a restaurant, you need certain systems. You need to know cash flow, you need to know uh, I think you need to know money management systems. But the other thing you need is just a basic set of systems that you live by every day uh, to to bring your team together and to get shit done in the EOS life. And that it will do that for you. So very powerful stuff. Uh, if you guys want to support this podcast, there's a few ways you can do it. You can share this podcast with anybody and everyone you know that could benefit from it. You can Come subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash restaurant unstoppable. If you like shorter content the the highlight reels that sam from sabandsam.com is putting together over there are about 15 to 20 minutes long and they're awesome we also have some behind the scenes stuff over there that's a, a lot of fun uh, you can use our affiliate links you can support our sponsors and just thank you in advance if you do and i cannot wrap up without saying thank you to jared over at sumadre podcast for the editing that he does and the copywriting he does. It takes an army. It takes a team. I love my team. And that's it for today. Until next time, peace out.